afternoon, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving human beings all around the world. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday uh, for Torch Report 461, how the angry climate activists are delivering climate justice. I think it would be wise for us to realize just how ambitious and aggressive these clowns have become. Friends, I'm getting this out a little bit late today. I had, uh, had an unexpected uh, visit from a friend to stop by. Matter of fact, uh, a gentleman who stood up in a local city council meeting when they were trying to outlaw wood burning stoves and he pointed out well how the hell are people supposed to stay warm you know the, this radical climate agenda trying to get past in Lyle Washington population 500 you know so it was it was timely uh, he didn't know what I was writing researching and writing about this morning but just good to see the see the gentleman and it did uh, set me back a little bit so we're going to get to the radical environmentalist here in a minute friends but first did you happen to watch the second Republican debate last night <laughs> me neither Either. Uh, but the word on the street is that the Fox News moderators were absolutely terrible. They were drilling the candidates with woke and loaded questions as opposed to asking anything substantive or meaningful that, uh, you know, talking about things that people ask actually care about. Uh, instead of asking the candidates about Biden's business with China or inflation and the national debt or, say, our dwindling military preparedness that's threatening our national security, the Fox moderators were asking biting questions about daycare subsidies and DACA and the Dreamers and slavery and gun violence as if these were the highest priorities on anyone's mind. And just to uh, give you an example, of how ridiculous it was. I did put a screenshot here of a tweet that was out there talking about these outrageously biased questions uh, targeting Ron DeSantis, saying... Hey, listen, you have said that slaves develop their skills because of slavery, you know. For the descendants of slaves, this is personal. What's your message to them? And the look on Ron DeSantis' face is just classic. Like I said, the, the whole thing was just a clown show. Uh, it, it only serves to solidify in my mind Fox's status as a lapdog of the liberal elites who control the majority of the mainstream media. They're doing it via the despicable trusted news initiative and you know it's really no big surprise but it's just they're showing their true colors right now meanwhile while fox was uh was drilling down on you know the the woke agenda peppering the republican candidates with woke questions over in realville uh donald trump was out preaching to a massive crowd of passionate patriots a crowd of auto workers up in michigan and he was telling them about how, you know, Biden's so-called green energy policies are destroying their livelihoods, destroying the economy, destroying the entire industry. And as usual, <laughs> the crowd erupted every time Trump stated the obvious. So that's probably why Trump is utterly crushing all of the other candidates right now and will continue to do so because he puts the important issues front and center and talks about the things that are impacting people's lives. Now, if you've turned tuned into the news at all this week, you've probably heard a lot about the United Auto Workers, the UAW's union strike. Uh, it's a strike of historic proportion. It's all in the headlines. Of course, it's politically motivated and all that. Uh, just a few days ago, uh, the feeble sock 
puppet President Joe Biden. He uh, managed to shuffle down his corpse down the picket line in a show of solidarity. But the truth is, despite the photo ops, and it was, I mean, it was a good photo op. He didn't fall over. But despite the photo op, you know, Biden's big push toward EVs and all things about the electrification of society. Ultimately, these EVs are going to slash up to 40% of the automakers' jobs, and they're going to eliminate a steady paycheck for you know hundreds of thousands of American workers. And that's just Biden economics at its best. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize that EVs require less people to do the job because it's more automated. Anyway, another fun fact uh, is that pretty much no one wants to buy an electric vehicle. I believe it was like only 7% of the population think they want an electric vehicle. And Ford, who has the second largest share of the market, Ford can't even sell all of their electric vehicles right now. Uh, Despite the fact that they lose, they're subsidized, they're losing $60,000 on every sale. And this year alone, Ford estimates they're going to lose $4.5 billion being dumped into the electrical vehicle business. You know, that's money that could be available to, say, help give these auto workers a, a good paying job, a boost to help keep up with the rising cost of gas and groceries and all the rest of the historic inflation. But that's not what Biden's all about, you know. Uh, but something I want to point out, friends, is just it, it's it's how stupid this has become. It's hard to imagine a private corporation stomaching a $4.5 billion loss, taking a $60,000 hit every single time they sell a car. How do you sell a car for a $60,000 loss? You know, how do you manage to swallow $4.5 billion in losses and stay in business? You know, add to that the union workers demanding a 40% increase in their pay. And I don't know, you can almost sympathize with the CEOs who are complaining about how all of this political pressure, this climate pressure is going to put them out of business. Now, of course, the uh, the wise would speculate that's probably the plan. And anyone who doesn't have their head buried up this <laughs> buried in the sand um, knows that this this green energy sham. Nothing about it adds up. Nothing about it adds up. And I want to share a little excerpt here from an article that that was out uh, over at the I think it was at the Business Insider. The link in the article or link in the report today. But it says this. It says quote. The unintended consequences of the, admini- at the, of the administration's green agenda will be numerous and consequential. Numerous and consequential unintended consequences. They say the rare earth minerals necessary for battery production come from foreign countries where they are extracted using forced labor and child labor and mining those ores and disposing of the batteries at the end of their useful lives will cause long-term environmental damage. Moving to electric vehicles at scale will increase America's reliance on China, where the batteries, their components, and the great majority of EVs are manufactured. And finally, America's electricity grid, which is already stressed is likely to be absolutely overwhelmed once a large segment of the population is using it to power their cars, period, end quote. It's so obvious, friends. The the insanity of it all is there for everyone to see. Uh, Matter of fact, there are even some European countries who are beginning to backpedal on their own green uh, commitments. You know, the, the British 
They are bumping back their ban on gas vehicles from 2030 to 2035. Like, well, maybe we can't do it in seven years, so we're going to do it in 12. Uh, Over in Germany, the, the Germans are limiting their ban on gas heaters so that the peasants don't freeze to death this winter. Those are just a couple of examples of where, when crushed up against reality, uh, politicians are like, can't really, we can't really deliver on this. And yet, even with all the evidence on the table, even with all the political pushback, the global cabal is continuing to very aggressively accelerate the radical climate agenda in countries all around the world. And I want to emphasize how aggressive their agenda has become. It's just like the WEF said here recently, you know, they got to use more stick, less carrot. Uh, The UN out last week announcing that time's up. Time is up. Now is the time. No exceptions, no compromises. There was a desperate sense of urgency in the air. And the, uh, the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, he has delivered a very strong message for global leaders. He says, quote, the air is unbreathable. The heat is unbearable. The level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. Leaders must lead. No more hesitancy. No more excuses. There is simply no more time for that. Period. End quote. And I would say, uh, you know, aside from being patently absurd to say the air is unbreathable, the heat is unbearable, oh, the level of fossil profit, fossil fuel profit is unacceptable. You know, I just want to point out this strong emotional appeal here. He's laying down this green laden guilt trip on global leaders, those who were gathered at the UN summit, you know, they're, they're told, well, the leaders have to lead. The leaders have to lead as if only those who act without hesitation, those who act without thought or contemplation or logical evaluation, only those who act now uh, can save the planet. <laughs> There's no more time for excuses, they say. The UN was saying that backsliders and greenwashers and blame shifters will no longer be tolerated. Time's up. No exceptions. No compromise, you know? How is that for forcefully telling people to fall in line? Like, you don't have any other option. You know, no exceptions. No compromises. You're not going to, you know, backsliders will not be tolerated. You must be pure in your commitment to the ideology of the climate cult. Uh, Says the UN Secretary General, The era of global warming has ended. The era of global boiling has arrived. You know, they're so, so serious about all of this, you know? You take one look at their climate action acceleration agenda, which I did. I put the link in there, you know, again, truth you can trust, friends. Truth you can trust. I'm not making this stuff up. These people are off their rocker. But you take a look at the uh, climate acceleration agenda, and you can see just how ridiculous and far-reaching all of this scheming has become. They claim that half the world's population is living in climate danger zones. Climate danger zone. (laughs) Now we're in the climate danger zone. (laughs) Oh, friends, I don't know. But they they say that 
If half the world's population is living in climate danger zone uh, and these climate hotspots, if you live in a climate hotspot, you are 15 times more likely to die from climate impacts. These are the things that they are pressing upon the the collective consciousness of global leaders. And because of all of this, because the world's, you know, half the world's population is in a climate danger zone, because people in climate hotspots are 15 more times more likely to die, that's why they need to, quote, reform the international financial architecture, end quote. You know, <laughs> oh man, you know, they got to deliver climate justice and all of that. And if you, if you, Kind of take a look at it. It's real slick, you know. The climate justice push is an open call for global socialism. That's where the internet uh, reforming the international financial architecture comes in. It's being used. The climate justice uh, narrative is being used to construct a communist framework of centralized control over production and consumption and. While theoretically they're trying to, quote-unquote, level the playing field, they're trying to save the planet, in reality, they're just pushing for more and more and more power, more power, more control. And their goal, if you look at how they word it, they say, the goal is achieving climate justice. That means considering the world's tiniest polluters bear even more a dangerous burden from the big emitters, particularly the G20 countries. Therefore, the G20 countries are expected to unveil actions to mete out climate justice. <laughs> the 20, uh, G20, you know, all the prosperous nations on the planet are expected to mete out climate justice upon their peasants because these, uh, these poor tiny countries, poor tiny polluters, they're carrying the dangerous burden of the big emitters. Friends, it's, it's all designed to intentionally and systematically destroy Western economies, particularly the American economy. And while they're doing that, they're simultaneously transferring the wealth of productive nations to third world hellholes, wherein the corrupt international banksters and multinational corporations can continue to gorge themselves on other people's money. It's like a socialist fantasy come true, friends, and it's clearly not a coincidence. Climate justice now! Climate justice now! You know, that's their new mantra. Humanity has opened the gates of hell, says the UN. You know, they, they're calling for a climate solidarity pact that's going to hold major emitters to account. Climate justice now. Anger is rising. The activists are refusing to be silenced. Indigenous peoples are rallying, rallying to defend their ancestral lands. They are in a race for solutions. And the UN's acceleration agenda is demanding that governments hit fast forward on all of this and more, friends. Get this. A uh, little quote here from the UN's website. They say, Mr. Guterres, he went on to salute the courage and the conviction of the activist in attendance. He said that he knew their fight, their global fight for the sustainable development goals comes at a risk to their safety, their liberty, and even their lives. Can you believe it? Fighting for the SDGs comes at a risk for, for your safety and liberty and even your life. Oh my gosh, you know, I suppose, I suppose that's probably why Klausy Klaus Schwab declared 
that the enemies of the agenda must be silenced permanently. Remember that? We were just talking about that yesterday. You know, these people believe they're fighting for a cause. They're risking their lives and their safety and their liberty to fight to save the planet. And the enemies must be silenced permanently. And if you really think about what these people are saying, and you understand that they are dead serious when they say it, there is a certain sense of urgency that arises. You know, their, their conviction is contagious. And their calls to action on all of this insanity, the entire green agenda, all the radical environmental agenda, their calls to action are being heeded by leaders everywhere, from the top down to the local level. And that means that all of this climate insanity is going to be increasingly felt right here at home, right in your home. The gas prices, the grocery prices, the cost of everything is going to continue to skyrocket because their goal is to price you out of an unsustainable lifestyle. You know, and if if a few million peasants starve to death in the process, you know, say if hordes of hungry, desperate peasants overthrow the capitalist pigs who are clinging to power at the local level, that's a bonus. You know, one way or the other, the globalists will have their way. That's what they think. But I think that perhaps one day in the not too distant future, maybe just maybe millions of angry American peasants will rise up against this unholy alliance of commies and corporate fascists who think they can trample our rights and utterly destroy our way of life, ignore our constitution. They think they can do it and get away with it. Perhaps someday, maybe just maybe, Democrats and Republicans will get past all of their political bickering long enough to realize that they are both getting played. The game here is a game of total global control. Winner takes all, you know. It's not a game about American political dominance. That's what Republicans and Democrats need to realize. It's the global cabal against us all. The game is being played for total global control. And the zealous cult of climate justice is coming for us all. Friends, in their twisted minds, our existence simply is not sustainable. The population must be reduced. Your liberties must be removed. And your lifestyle must be controlled. And you might have to risk your safety, your liberty, and even your life to convince them otherwise. And therefore, resist we must, friends. That is the message of my heart for today. Thank you for uh, your patience today. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. Please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find the little, little heart. Click the heart. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this thrilling thought-provoking Thursday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.